Coming to you live from the WQLN studios on Upper Peach Street in Erie, Pennsylvania, this is WQLN Radio's original podcast, Better Than Monkeys. What is it that makes us, as humans, different, even shall I say better than monkeys? Well, maybe not much these days, but we do have a few things going for us as a species. I think it's our ability to think and feel and create a world around us, including creating beautiful works of art and creating beautiful music. And today's guest on Better Than Monkeys is one of those truly gifted individuals who has changed the world through her music. I'm talking about the great Judy Collins. Hello, everybody. I'm Brian Hanna. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Better Than Monkeys. Well, in the 1960s, Judy Collins evoked both the idealism and steely determination of a generation united against social and environmental injustices. Five decades later, she's still at it, and a whole new generation gets to bask in the glow of her iconic 55-album body of work. Her stunning rendition of Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now from her landmark 1967 album Wildflowers has been entered into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Judy's dreamy and sweetly intimate version of Send in the Clowns, a ballad written by Stephen Sondheim for the Broadway musical A Little Night Music, won Song of the Year at the 1975 Grammy Awards, and she garnered several top 10 hits, gold and platinum selling albums, and recently, contemporary and classic artists such as Rufus Wainwright, Sean Colvin, Dolly Parton, Joan Baez, and Leonard Cohen honored her legacy on an album titled Born to the Breed, a tribute to Judy Collins. Judy Collins is as creatively vigorous as ever, writing, touring worldwide, and nurturing fresh talent. She's a modern-day renaissance woman who is also an accomplished painter, filmmaker, record label head, music mentor, and an in-demand keynote speaker for mental health and suicide prevention. She continues to create beautiful music of hope and healing that lights up the world and speaks to the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Judy Collins. Good morning, Judy. Thanks for joining us here on WQLN. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you. So you started music lessons when you were just a young girl, maybe about 13 or so, I read? Yes, I started very young, and um, I learned to play the piano, and of course I was singing all the time and listening to my father sing on his radio show. So I was surrounded by music from the very start. You jumped on the scene early in the 1960s, writing a lot of your own music. But one of the things you're best known for is interpreting the songs of other artists, other poets and musicians. Do you prefer to write your own music and send that out to the world? Or do you enjoy interpreting the music of others? Or is it a nice blend of both? It is a blend of both because I was always raised on listening to the greatest songs chosen by my father from the great uh, theater productions of the 30s, 40s, 50s. And so I got used to the way he could select a song and play it and sing it and learn it. I think I learned about how to do that from him, how to pick the right song for him. And I've done that, you know, my whole career. But in addition, I was uh, fortunate enough enough to be discovered by Leonard Cohen, who played his songs for me, and I, of course, recorded Suzanne for the first time, and um, he told me that it had made him famous, but he also asked me why I wasn't writing my own songs, and it changed my life. You know, I, I went into my little 
uh, cubby hole where my where my uh, my grand piano, my Steinway was, and I sat down and started to noodle. And the first song that I wrote was called "Since You've Asked." And um, so I'm lucky because today I write my own songs, a lot of them. But I also can find the songs of other writers that that move me and make me want to sing them. Well, you've had so many hits on your own. Of course, Since You've Asked, Albatross, In the Twilight, Kingdom Come, Skyfell. Uh, the list goes on and on. Do you even know how many songs you've written at this point? I don't know, but I've, I'm told that it takes writing 100 songs to get a good one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had a lot of good ones, so you must have written about 500,000 songs. So uh, what does it take to write a timeless song, something that really speaks to people? Well, I don't know, really. I just work at what I like. I sit down, and I, or I sit down and, and, and write things on the plane or wherever I am, and then I sit down and try to find a melody that, that fits. So I think what happens is that you work on things for a while, and then out of, let's say, 50 songs, you get a few that seem to be keepers, and you keep working on them. When you write, do you feel pressure to this one has to be a hit, or do you just write from the heart and hits come out? Oh, well, you have to write what you like, and then it's up to other factors in the world as to whether the song becomes a hit. First of all, if other people love it, you know, that's that's part of it. Um, so, yes, I'd have to say that your your audience and your listeners are the people that help you to judge just how far the song can go. You're listening to Better Than Monkeys from WQLN Radio. You've written some wonderful pieces of music, but, you know, uh, it's not just your musical talents that uh, have brought you some notoriety. Uh, you're still uh, quite an active social activist. Uh, I guess you're still working with UNICEF and a number of other causes. And that's something you've done right from uh, day one. Well, I'm very involved in finding out if I can do something to help. I've always been involved in civil rights, human rights, women's rights, animal rights, uh, the rights of people who have less than. And I've always believed that as people who are abundantly blessed with, uh, with uh, the ability to make a living and to have an abundance, we have a responsibility of giving back. I don't know where that ever lost fashion. Um, last night I was singing at the, the Carlisle in New York where many, many people come who are abundantly blessed. But a woman came up to me and she gave me a little diamond locker, locket. Is that what it's called? A yeah, locket? a little locket, yeah. And it says resist in diamonds. I think that that's an oxymoron, but I'm still going to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice that she thought enough to bring you a gift. You know, That's right. She did. It was very kind. Uh, what have you been working on lately? I'm writing more and more songs, and I'm working on that. I'm working very hard on collecting the songs that I'm currently working on and then sitting down to record them. And that'll happen in the next month, and hopefully I'll get a few, a few new things out into the world so you can hear them. Well, thank you so much for spending a little time with us this morning here on WQLN. And thank you so much for calling. Have a great day. Thank you. You were delightful. Have a great day. I just love that legends 
like Judy Collins are willing to still take time out of their insanely busy schedules to spend some time talking with us here on WQLN Radio. So thank you so much to Judy and her entire management team for making that interview happen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Better Than Monkeys at Home. And if you'd like to experience more episodes of Better Than Monkeys, well, they're easy to find. You can find them at wqln.org backslash btm or on the NPR One app. Again, I'm Brian Hanna. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me here on WQLN Radio's original podcast, Better Than Monkeys. Better Than Monkeys is a production of WQLN Radio.